They're going to have church for the young ones upstairs. All right, family, I see you. I see you. Praise God. Okay. Praise, praise God. Amen. Uh, uh, I want to start by prayer as well. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord God, pardon my breaks. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we pray that you just come visit us, Lord, with this word, Lord God. I pray that you just anoint my heart and my mouth to just preach what's in your word, Lord God. Give this whole church a spirit of revelation and open our eyes, Lord, to the truth in your word and let your Holy Spirit comfort us, Lord God, and build us up, Lord God, in these times, Lord. I pray that you just strengthen us, Lord God. Give us courage and give us faith, Lord, to do your will, Lord, all the days of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, so I come up with this awesome plan, like, you're, this is going to blow you away. Y'all ready for this? Uh, I come up with this awesome plan. I've been uh, uh, going back and forth with media and TV and all kind of different things. But one day I just caught this super revelation. This is going to gonna catch you right here. I caught a super revelation that really, it's really simple. We serve the kingdom of God till the day we die. And it's that simple. The results and everything else is up to God. You know? But I don't know about you, uh, all the way up until the return of Jesus Christ, I want to be hands to the plow doing the kingdom work. Are you with me? Let us not get sidetracked with everything else and all the crazy going on in the world. Steady your heart before God and say, God, what do you want me to do in this time? You know? Get your spirit and your heart right and your mind right. Put your eyes on the Lord, man. We've got to put our eyes on the Lord in this time. Very uh, difficult times for our nation. Very difficult times uh, in all arenas of American life. Kids are going back to school this week. We pray that uh, God will put a special anointing on that situation. Um, I have no uh, solid answers to, to most of these political situations, but I got spiritual ones. You hear me? And uh, your responsibility and my responsibility is to do thus saith the Lord and the will of God, period. So uh, you will find me at work in the kingdom of God somewhere, you know, whether I be pastor here or in the streets or in my own house. Building the kingdom of God. That's my focus. And once I realized that that, that was my responsibility, I said, praise God. You know, praise God. I can handle that with God with me. Amen. So we're starting a new series today, Kingdom Builders. Uh, and I'm going to do my due diligence of trying to run you through the Old Testament in 15 minutes. Y'all think I can do it? How many knows the Old Testament has 39 books? Well, if you count Psalms, it's one, right? Uh, 39 books, and the New Testament has 27 books. 
But my goal uh, in, in starting us out with this message today is to build a foundation so that you can understand the Old Testament as quickly as possible. I pray that, that you can receive this word. Are you with me? I pray that you can hear this word and it actually plants something in your spirit for you to you be able to uh, know what the Old Testament says or what it's about. I mean, of course, you're going to have to go into the, uh, the crevices of it to get a lot of the other stuff. But in 15 minutes, give me 20 just, just to be safe. I want to build you up to a place where you can see a, a picture of the Old Testament from the beginning to the end. So that way you can understand where I'm going in this message. Because I'm actually preaching out of the end of the Old Testament times. Okay? So I want to walk you through the Old Testament real quick and build you up in an understanding and where we're going. How many is ready for that? Praise God. And I'm going to tell you, it took me a lot of years to be able to step back and see what's going on in the Old Testament right here. You know what I'm saying? I, I was a preacher for many years and still was kind of lost in a lot of the connections and stuff with the Old Testament. Uh, but praise God, I, I, I believe God is going to help you with this. So we're going to start out in the book of Genesis. Genesis chapter 3, you know, you, you assume that the, the Old Testament, uh, you know, Genesis, it's about the beginning of the world and all these things, but God spends like literally two or three chapters talking about the creation of the stars, the creation of, of the earth and everything in it. And then he gets to the situation with man, right? Uh, and then there's uh, uh, the fall from the garden. But the real uh, pivot of the book of Genesis starts with Genesis chapter 3, and it, and it, and it talks about this seed that's going to come into the world and the seed of a woman, right? That's going to destroy the serpent, right? So that's what the whole Genesis theory starts on. Are you with me? You, you, the whole point of where it's starting with is mankind. Are you with me? It's dealing with the fall of mankind. Do we got an uh, are you with me button? He's creating an are you with me button. So when he hits it, it's going to say are you with me. It's going to be great. Uh, I told him, I said, that'll be, that'll be legendary for us. We need that. We absolutely need that. Uh, so, so really the Bible starts with this scenario with God and mankind and it's, it's separation from God. Uh, and it talks about this, uh, seed of the woman. You, you fast forward to Genesis chapter 12 and, uh, it, it, it's talking about the, uh, it, it, it deals with a man named Abraham. How many know Abraham? Uh, well, his name is Abram at the time, right? Uh, and, and God, God calls Abraham and he says, man, go, go look at these stars in the sky and the sand. Uh, you're going to have as many descendants. If you could count the stars in the sky or you can count the sand on, on the shore, that's how many children you're going to have. And this is when he was 75 years old and he didn't even have one child. So let me, let me tell you this. The whole nation of Israel was born out of a miracle. 75 years old. And this was when the promise came. He still had to wait many years before that came to pass. How old was he, 99 or something? 100 years old? Sarah was 90? Uh, so the whole, uh, God waited to the very end of his life to where, in the physical sense, it wouldn't make sense for them to have kids. 
it, it was a miracle. It was this nation was born out of a miracle right off the top. Uh, so in Genesis chapter 15, God gives Abraham a prophecy word, and, and we're going to run there real quick. This, uh, Genesis chapter 15, verse 13. Now, and we're going to have some teaching uh, moments in here to, to, to pull us up to par, but I, I just want to show you this big picture of the Word of God where you can step back and, and kind of have a timeline in your brain so everything's not scattered all over the place. Are you with me? Genesis chapter 15, verse 12, it says, Now, when the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell upon Abraham, or Abram, excuse me. And behold, horror and a great darkness fell upon him. Then he said to Abram, Know certainly that your descendants, your descendants will be strangers in a land that is not theirs, and will serve them, and they will afflict them for 400 years. Somebody say 400 years. So God already prophesied to Abraham that they were going to be strangers and serve another country or another nation for for 400 years in affliction, right? So Genesis ends uh, with Joseph being brought into Egypt and preserving the whole line of uh, the children of Israel by bringing his whole family to Egypt, right? And the, the, the book of Genesis actually ends with this uh, prophecy that's being spoke over all the descendants and their, their line, right? Are y'all with me? Uh, so out of the loins of Abraham comes Isaac and Jacob, which is Israel, right? And Israel had 12 sons, which is the 12 tribes of Israel, correct? Are y'all with me still? So the book of Genesis is about this seed, right? Are y'all with me? This seed of promise. And it's showing that, that, that God is faithful to His Word. Are you with me? And it's bringing you down this family line. Now you got 70 people in Egypt at the end of the book of Genesis. So this, this family tree has grown to about 70 people, right? Is that right? Uh, so the funny thing is, between the first book and the second book, is actually around 400 years of silence. That is the wildest thing about we just flip one page and we're like, oh, this is the next story, right? God was silent for like 400 years. I'm not going to say exactly 400 years, but he was silent for a very long time. Uh, and, and, and turn with me to Exodus real quick. Exodus chapter 1, it says, Now these are the names of the children of Israel who came to Egypt. Each man and his household came with Jacob. We're not going to read all those. Those who were descendants of Jacob were 70 persons. For Joseph was in Egypt already. So maybe maybe there's 71. I don't know. Uh, and Joseph died. All his brothers and all that generation. But the children of Israel were fruitful and increased abundantly, multiplied and grew exceedingly, and the land was filled with them. Now there arose a king over Egypt who did not know Joseph. And he said to his people, Look, the people of the children of Israel are more and mightier than we. Come, let us deal shrewdly with them. Lest they multiply, and it happen in an event that we go to war, that they also join our enemies and fight against us. So go up out of the land 
Go up out of land and therefore set taskmasters over them to afflict them with burdens. And they built for Pharaoh supply cities, Pithamon, Ramses. But the more, listen, here's the key. But the more they afflicted them, the more they multiplied and grew. Ain't that interesting? And they were in dread of the children of Israel. I wanted to bring you here to let you understand that from the end of the book of Genesis, it's going right into the promised seed and uh, the rest of the story where, uh, you know, this is what's going to happen to your descendants, Israel. You know, 430 years, right? So how many knows when that time was up, God sent forth a deliverer named Moses, right? You know the story of Moses. So the book of uh, Genesis is about Abraham and his family tree, and then the book of Exodus is about the, the promise that's being fulfilled that was promised to Abraham about uh, the, the seed. Are y'all with me? That prophecy we read in, in, in chapter 15 is picking up right where it left off. Are you, are you with me? 400 years later. Y'all good? I got to check on y'all sometimes. Y'all look at me. Uh, so we know the story that Satan even knew that this time was coming. And he stirred up the Egyptians against Moses and, and was trying to kill all the babies to and under so that this deliverer wouldn't be born. Uh, and I think it's interesting because every time a great deliverer is born, this is what starts happening. Are you with me? Uh, so, so we got this time frame of uh, this 400 years of silence and then here comes this baby born. Uh, I mean, you know, sometimes uh, it ain't God's will that, that somebody obeys the government all the time. And there's proof in that. And I, I know it's a hard thing to swallow. But how about if uh, Jesus' mama would have obeyed the government, there wouldn't be a Jesus. It would mean, sometimes, uh, and we're not even getting into that. We're not going to that, that direction. But I'm just saying, if you look at the Bible with good eyes, you can see that there's a time when righteousness is right and wrong is wrong, and you have to have your own discernment of what is right and what is wrong. Uh, but I wanted you to see this uh, great deliverer is born after 400 years of silence. And this is what starts the, the period of uh, uh, the children of Israel going into the wilderness and God giving them the law. And here's the key to start being able to piece all this together. Because in the book of Exodus, Deuteronomy, uh, Numbers, Leviticus, uh, goodness, oh, in Genesis. Okay, so these books right here are about the, the, the law. But one of the things that's a, a, a mile marker in these books is they built the tabernacle of the Lord in this time. Are you with me? Now, I'm about to shift the gears on you because what you got to realize is the rest of the Old Testament is actually set in time frames around the tabernacle, the first temple, and the second temple. Are you with me? Can you remember that? So we got Genesis is the promise. We got Exodus, Leviticus, Deuteronomy. All this is the tabernacle, the laws of Moses. But the first tabernacle is built is what I want you to understand. And uh, then it gets into Joshua. And Joshua is also who leads the children of Israel into their promised land, which is another he's fulfilling his promise, right? Um, so 
what ends up happening in this time frame is uh, Joshua sets out and conquers, uh, and, and uh, all the, the children of Israel didn't conquer their land in the days of Joshua. And uh, the next book after Joshua is the Judges. God raises up judges, right? Are you with me? Uh, that, 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 that judge and, and uh, lead the people. Uh, there's spiritual leaders and judges at the same time. And there's a period of where there's no king. It was just judges. Are y'all with me? Is that right? You know what I mean? So right after this period, there is a period of uh, judges that ends really with Samuel. How many know Samuel was like God's judge? And Samuel was the first prophet, judge, slash whatever you want to call the guy, to anoint a king. And this starts the time of kings and prophets. Are y'all with me? Now, how many knows it wasn't until David's reign in about uh, 1000 B.C. that they actually subdued all their enemies around them? And how many knows David... Uh, so from Joshua to, to, to David, there's this period of subduing the land of Israel. Uh, but this constant war is rising up and they're always uh, into it with their neighbors and all these things. So I'm telling you all this to get you to a place because David actually ended up in his reign uniting all of Israel and eliminating all the enemies to where when Solomon came to power, he didn't have to fight one war. Are you with me? And how many know Solomon was commissioned by the Lord to build the first temple? In Jerusalem, so they, they've taken the tabernacle where they carried it around with them, and, uh, brought it through all their battles and everywhere they would go. It's the tabernacle meeting where they would set it up, and all the instruments are there where they would meet with the Lord. Right? You with me? So now, in the days of Solomon, there's what is called uh, this first temple, and uh, you know, God has commissioned him in this. Uh, you know, David wanted to build the temple, but God wouldn't let him because he was a man of war. And he said, your son will build the temple. So we have the building of the first temple in the days of Solomon, about 900 some B.C., right? Um, and then after this, we have this long line of kings, uh, which is going to be the books of Chronicles, First Kings, Samuels, all those books, right? Uh where it's talking about these these kings. They either followed the Lord God or they didn't follow the Lord God. They either walked like David walked, a man after God's own heart, or they didn't walk like David walked. And that's what it keeps saying all throughout the Bible. Are you with me? And you, you get to ask yourself, well, what is so special about David, right? Gosh, he was uh, a lot of things, right? So what what is what is he the great comparer to? You know what it was about David? He served no idols. All the days of his life. All the other kings were back and forth with these idols. They were either good and they rose up and destroyed the, the, uh, the high places that were built to foreign gods, or they were bad and they worshiped idols. Are you with me? Uh, so, so I'm, I'm, I'm delivering this to you to understand that most of the Bible is, we've gotten through half the Old Testament already and the the building of the temple is a, is a mile marker for the Jewish people and the Jewish nation. Uh, and uh, 
So that continues, and then I want to bring you to the next really interesting place, and this is where the rest of the Bible starts ending. Uh, and that's in the books of the prophets. How many knows there's four major prophets, and then there's 12 minor prophets? Are you with me? Uh, but I want you to understand something about the prophets, uh, because when Isaiah and Jeremiah rise up, they're two of the major prophets. They start prophesying of the destruction of Israel because the people keep following false gods. Are you with me? Uh, they keep going after strange gods. They uh, profane the worship place. They don't serve God at all. And God would send messengers and prophets to tell them, you know, hey, repent, get right. You know, uh, God's not pleased with you. Uh, and, and, and Jeremiah and, and Isaiah were famous in these times for uh, prophesying and, and declaring these judgments and the, the things that were coming, and nobody like even listened to them barely. And guess what ends up happening? God allows it, the first temple to be destroyed, for the whole nation to be carried off to captivity and exile. Then you have the other two major prophets, which is Daniel and Ezekiel. So we got four major prophets. Isaiah, Jeremiah, prophesying the destruction of Jerusalem. They're prophesying all these things. And then the other two are actually carried off into exile. And they become God's men while they're in captivity. They become the prophets of God while their whole nation has been ransacked and brought into a foreign nation. Are you with me? So that that's the four major... Look at that. Amen. I see you, bro. I see you, bro. So I hope you're still with me, right? So now we have this situation where the first temple was destroyed. The people were carried off into exile. Are y'all with me? Uh, the first, uh, I believe it's the, the uh, all of Israel. There's Israel and then there's Judah. Israel was... Uh, hit by the Assyrians and conquered and overtaken, but Judah was carried off by Babylon. Uh, and if I'm not mistaken, the Israel that was conquered by the Assyrians actually became what we know as the Samaritans. You ever heard the Samaritans? You know, you know what I'm talking about? Uh, and then the Jews that got carried off to Babylon, which was from the tribe of Judah, uh, they were in exile, and the judgments uh, brought them to a, a, a place of humbling before God. But I want you to realize that the, the, the last prophets who prophesied out of the, the last three prophets, I know that's a lot of information. I'm getting somewhere, though. Y'all with me? Y'all going to bear with me? Uh, the last three prophets were Haggai, Zechariah, and Malachi. All right? Um, and the reason I want you to understand that is because in the time frame that these last prophets prophesied, it was during the rebuilding of the second temple era. So the whole Bible is actually broke down into the, destru uh, the building of the tabernacle, then the conquering of the uh, Israel, uh, or the lands of Israel, the promised land, building the first temple, then 
The prophecies and all the times of prophecy is actually during the times of exile, the times of temple building. Are you with me? So it ends at the construction of the second temple, the construction of the wall around the temple. So, um, and we're going to get into when this second temple was rebuilt and uh, whatnot. So I know this is a lot of information, but I feel like if I don't tell you, nobody's going to tell you. You Somebody's got to tell you, right? So you can really see the whole Old Testament in this lens. But guess what? After these four prophets prophesied, or these three prophets prophesied, God went silent all over again. 400 years, in which I preached about that. Don't you think that's interesting? And then guess what? 400 years out of nowhere. John the Baptist is born, the final prophet that, that Jesus says is the greatest among all prophets. And the great deliverer is born, Jesus Christ. Right? So, when you start seeing this, guess what? The devil did the same exact thing. Went out trying to kill all the babies. It's like he knows the, the prophecies, right? So he, he's trying to stop them from being fulfilled. But Jesus himself also took this. It's like a shadow of, of Moses. So it's like Moses uh, was a shadow of Christ. Are you with me? So 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 we break this this Bible up. We've got Genesis. And then we got Exodus, and in between is like this 400-year period. It's almost like a whole shadow. And then after that, a deliverer is born. And then you go to the end of the Bible, and you got God who's silent for 400 years, right? It's called the instrumental period. There's a lot of activity that took place there, but scripture-wise, prophet-wise, anointed preacher-wise, speaker-wise, it just stops. Uh, and then here comes John the Baptist and Jesus, right? So that's the the basic context of the Old Testament. Are you with me? How many wants to know there's something extremely cool about the book of Isaiah, the first prophet? I'm going to tell you this is pretty neat. If you go study the first, how many knows that Isaiah has 66 books? Very interesting. If you go study the first 39 books, it's warnings and judgments. If you go study the last part, the 27th book, it's grace and it's prophesying about this Messiah. Is that not pretty interesting? That's awesome. So the very first prophet that they got in there, it's already painting the whole picture. Remember I told you that Isaiah is like an eagle-eyed prophet, right? Very interesting. Like when you start realizing the shadow of even the shadows within the shadows, it's amazing. So the time I want to spend with you is in this error of the second temple. And if you bear through that, we're going to be good. Are you with me? <laughs> Are y'all ready for the word? That was just a setting us up. I was just setting you up. Uh, do you think you even received anything from that? I mean, just something. If you took something away from it, I'm happy. We're going to start our Bible reading in Second Chronicles. Chapter 36. Uh, and Second Chronicles is like the end of this era of kings and prophets.
And you're about to see where this whole Bible really connects with each other. There's so many things within it that, that, that connects. And if you understand the, the periods in which these people are, it all starts making sense. That's why I wanted to break it down to you. Second Corinthians, uh, God of their fathers sent warnings to them by his messengers, rising up early and sending them because he had compassion on his people and on his dwelling place. Somebody say his dwelling place. That's his temple, right? Y'all with me? But they mocked the messengers of God, despised his word, and scoffed at his prophets until the wrath of the Lord rose against his people till there was no remedy. Therefore, he brought against them the king of the Chaldeans who killed their young men with the sword in the house of the sanctuary and had no compassion on the young man or the virgin, on the aged or the weak. He gave them all into his hand and all the articles from the house of God, great and small, the treasurers of, or the treasurers of the house of the Lord and the treasurers of the king and of his elders, all these he took to Babylon. Then they burned the house of God and somebody say they broke down the walls of Jerusalem, burned all its palaces with fire. And destroyed all its precious possessions. And those who escaped from the sword he carried away to Babylon. There were where they became servants, or excuse me, where they became servants to him and to his sons until the rule of the kingdom of Persia. Here's the key I want you to really pay attention to. So we're talking at a time, so the first temple was in existence, the temple that Solomon built. Are y'all with me? And this is the time of the destruction of that temple. And in verse 21 here, it says, it says this. It says they carried him away to become servants to him and his sons until the rule of the kingdom of Persia. Somebody say it with me. To fulfill the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah. She kept Sabbath how many years? Seventy years. Alright, now I want to show you something cool. Remember I told you that Daniel was a prophet that was in exile. See, Jeremiah and Isaiah were prophesying of this fall that was coming, right? The other two prophets were in exile. Daniel was a, a, a young man carried off about, I don't know, 16, 17 years old to become a servant. His whole family ransacked and uh, they're, they're led in chains to Babylon, right? Uh, Daniel chapter 9, because here's our first lesson for the day of kingdom builders. Daniel chapter 9. And so you remember we are, our prophets are all at the end. Uh, or not, you know, the end of the Old Testament is all the prophets. You've got the 12 minor ones and then the four major prophets are the first four prophets right here. Uh, I'm going to tell you that after Second Chronicles, the history picks up at the book of Ezra and Nehemiah. Ezra and Nehemiah is 
the construction of the second temple. Are you with me? Did I lose y'all? Okay, praise God. Praise God. Uh, Jeremiah, Daniel chapter 9. Verse 1, let's start out. In the first year of Darius, somebody say Darius, the son of, who wants to say that? Archerus? Of the lineage of the Medes, who was made king over the realm of the Chaldeans. In the first year of his reign, I, Daniel. So I, Daniel, was in the first year of the reign of King Darius, and this is what he's doing there. I, Daniel, understood by the books the numbers of the years specified by the word of the Lord through who? Jeremiah, the prophet. That he would accomplish how many years? Seventy years in the desolation of Jerusalem. So you have this young man who is carried off into Babylon, probably trying to figure out what in the world has just happened. It's old world came crashing down, right? Uh, but how many knows that Daniel was faithful to the Lord? He made his commitment and his resolve to the Lord. But I find it very interesting that one of the things that Daniel does is he meditates on the Word of God. And he begins to understand. So you got to realize, he's, he's in captivity right now. And he's meditating on the Word of God and he begins to understand that God's going to allow us to be captives here for 70 years by the word of the prophet of Jeremiah. So, Daniel is studying the scriptures himself, and that's our, our first lesson. We gain our wisdom and revelation and our understandings by meditating on the scriptures. Are you with me? But there's more. Somebody said there's more. Go to uh, verse 29, I believe. Know therefore and understand, or it's verse 25, excuse me. Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the commandment to restore and build Jerusalem until Messiah the Prince, there shall be 70 weeks and 62 weeks. The streets shall be built again and the wall even in troublesome times. So, there's another mile marker. He's telling you that from the time of going forth that it's said, because he knew from reading the book of Jeremiah that there was going to be 70 years complete, his meditation on the Word of God and uh, the things of God, but he's getting this understanding that, and he's prophesying at this point, and he's saying, know this, that when the time comes that the uh, uh, going forth of the rebuilding of the second temple, which was going to happen in 70 years, right? From that time until the Messiah, the Prince, there's going to be 62 weeks and 7 weeks. Or 60, 7 weeks and 62 weeks. So he's also explaining this time of Messiah that's going to come. And uh, it's a pretty interesting thing when you go and study all that. We're not going to spend on that time today. But what I want you to focus on is, is he says this. The street shall be built again and the wall even in troublesome times. I mean, no, we live in some pretty troubled times, right? Uh, 
But you know what? When God makes His plans and does something, it will be accomplished. Just like the enemy couldn't stop the deliverer from being born. Are you with me? When God prepares to do something in the earth, He's going to do it. Are you with me? And we have to trust in that. And, and uh, you know, they were, uh, Daniel's prophesying that there's going to be a time where they come to restore the temple and rebuild the temple after 70 years. And he said it will even be built in troublesome times. Ezra chapter 4. Now, the book of Ezra is set in the time of the rebuilding of the second temple. Praise God. You with me? Are y'all hot? Y'all all right in here? Sorry, I know this is a lot of information, guys, but man, just bear with me. Alright. I want you to start by reading uh, uh, Ezra chapter 1 with me, and watch this. Well, Ezra chapter 1 at this time, I apologize, thank you. Uh, because I want you to see something. So, we just left the book of Chronicles. Turn your page over and you realize the one we read from was Second Chronicles, right? The next one over is Ezra. It says, Now in the first year of King Cyrus of Persia, that the word of the mouth of Jeremiah, by who? Might be fulfilled. The Lord stirred up the spirit of King Cyrus so that he made a proclamation throughout all the kingdoms. And also put it into writing. Thus says Cyrus, king of Persia, all the kingdoms of the earth, the Lord God of heaven has given me, and he has commanded me to build him a house at Jerusalem, which is in Judea. 